eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, Also wanted to mention that Ty Delandria is a part of Morning Skate. And I like this, Luds, because... um, you know, listen, when you're seven, one and one on the road and you win three straight on the road, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and complain. Um, but at the same time, you know, I thought Ty Delandrio is one of the better skaters against Boston, along with Wyatt Johnston. And I was hoping that he'd be reinserted into the lineup. And so he's been a healthy scratch. So it looks like he'll play tonight. Uh, which is good because I think Ty does a lot of things and you've pointed this out numerous times on the podcast kind of like a Swiss Army knife. He can move up and down the line. I think he provides some nice grits. So uh, I'm excited to see his energy on the ice. Yeah, well, I, th- I think what it, what it seems to be working out here is Delandry and Steele are going to kind of be inter- interchangeable parts. And and I would think that, you know, and Steele brings some speed. They, they're kind of similar players in a way. I mean, they yep. seem like, and, you know, Ty's got the toughness to him. There's no question he's not – He's not afraid of dropping the gloves, but um, but I and but there's an edge to him when he plays, and um, you know, and again, I think for the coaches, they'll they may look at you know who the opponents are. You know, are we going to need a little more grit tonight? Do we a little bit a little bit more speed and skill? And but it seems like they're kind of platooning those two guys, and you know, that's it's a good thing for them. And you know, this when these kind of things happen, you can you know kind of plug things in, and um, you know, I guess right now is always about you know, your defense core right now, because everybody seems to be healthy up front, which is good news. And, um, you know, so I would assume that Hanley comes in tonight yep. would be Hanley will be in I tonight, which is great. I mean, you know, kudos because Joel Hanley could have accepted more money elsewhere and probably could have played on a more regular basis, but wanted to stay, you know, in Dallas. I think he saw the team make up and, and, and good for Jim Nill for signing him because you, you need that depth defenseman with experience to come in because you don't have the cap space to call someone up right now from Texas. Well, and, and, and the thing is, is when you, when you look at him, I think the first thing you do is you, you look at, he's a, he's not an old player. That's for sure. You know? So, you know, you're looking t- typically with the depth, you know, when you, when you speak of having those depth kind of players, they, they're older guys, you know, they're guys that have been in, been in the league for a while. And, you know, they're uh, kind of been on four or five teams and it's kind of like what you look for come the trading deadline, you know, you get to the trade deadline and, you know, you're looking for some depth. And I mean, if you can have a young player and he, you know, he's okay with it. Cause a lot of times young players are like, man, I want to play more. I want to play more. Um, but again, I, I think 
one of the things that Dallas has always been good about it is, is the conversations with their players and being able to talk to them and, you know what I mean? And kind of let them know, here's where we're at. This is what we're looking for. We need this, we need this. And so as a player, it it's awesome to hear. I mean, when you get that kind of feedback and you know where you stand and, and I think that's, you know, that that's a, it's a, it's a great situation. And so, and, and as we've seen, it, it'll work out to where, you know, when he comes in into the lineup, it's not like he's only going to play eight minutes where it yeah. used to be like that. You know, he's going to come in and he's going to be in the regular rotation. Yeah, absolutely. Did you get a chance to watch the Ken Hitchcock hall of fame speech? I did. And I even thought Hitch was a little nervous last night. So, which that never happens. Um, you know, I, I love the story that he ended up with talking about a, a player that he had and, and everything he said is so what Hitch is. I mean, he talks about the players. He loves the players. And what was, you know, again, he he's a rink rat. He's always been a rink rat since he was a kid. He talked about, you know, going to the rink with his dad and, and pushing shovels and, you know, the ice and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but it, I was like, Hitch, she's a little nervous. Normally you're, you know, you got your shit together. So, uh, which is understandable. I, I was a big moment. I remember doing the podcast with Hitch last year and I was kind of going through all the things, you know, the Royal order of Canada, which I have no idea what that is. The first thing that came to mind is putting one of them, them suits on. They have like in, sure, in, in London, one of them guys with the furry yeah. hat on and put them on I was a like, horse, oh, like a Mountie. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, I was going through all that stuff and I, and I remember finishing and I said, Hitch, there's only one thing left, isn't there? And he didn't even really acknowledge it. He, wow. you know, like it, that's not, I think he knew, but at that time he hadn't gotten the call, but that's just how he is, you know? So, but was, what was really nice to see is Madonna and Neuendike there. Yeah. And, and they, you know, they, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you watched the whole thing. And when they zoom in on Mo and Hitch was talking, Mo looked a little emotional. Sure. At times, which was great. I sent Mo a message, as a matter of fact, which I didn't get a reply back. There was a comment made about Belfort. So, and talking about relationships. So, I sent Mo a little cute little message, I thought, uh, but I didn't get a response back. But um, anyway, yeah, and Mike talked about it on, on his walk in um, uh, that they aired also. And, you know, just talking about if it wasn't for Hitch, he would not have been the player that he ultimately became. And, and that was the, that was the other side of Hitch. I mean, you know, last night was an emotional night for him, yeah. but man, he could, he could, he could be tough and he was blunt. And, and whenever people ask me about Hitchcock and I've always got good things to say. And and the, I think the main reason always was when I explained it is that it's so refreshing to players like I was, and you're not, you're not the go-to guys, you know, you're, you're in the middle of the pack. Um, and, and the superstars typically, I don't like calling them superstars, but the best players always get a little more rope, and they deserve it. But you don't hear coaches come down on them hard all the time. And what was refreshing to us, myself and another guy, is to hear Mo get shit, Nui get shit. And, and we were like, this is nice. We don't ever hear this. It, it just makes, it makes the whole group tighter. Like you're, and which is what happened with us. We, we were a tight group and, you know, Mike Keen loved it because Keener, you know, I put Keener as a, you know, I'm not going to say he's a, 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 a top three, but he's definitely a top six for me 
from a, a player and a teammate, but even Keener, you know, he was a role player for a long time, but he loved that stuff. It's it's great for, for the other guys to, to know that you're not the only ones that are getting a hard time from the coaching staff, especially the, the head coach. And so I think that, you know, looking back, Holly didn't like it. Mo didn't like it. You know, the top Zuby didn't like it, but they're all going to say, say the same thing about Hitchcock. You know, they, they made them better players. And if it wasn't for, for that kind of style that he had, which is why Bob Gainey got him. I mean, you know, I mean, Bo knew the kind of coach he was and he knew what the, the team yep. needed. When you have, what did we say last time? We had six, was it six Hall of Famers on that Stanley Cup team? So that's hard to reel those guys in and keep it as a tight group. Because again, like you said, and so Gainey knew Hitch didn't give a shit. He could care less if he jumps on Mo or if he sits Mo down for, for because that's the way Bob was. You know, when Bob was coaching, he did not care who the superstars were. He was hard on Mo when Mo was young. He was hard on Neil Broughton. He was hard on all the, you know, the top players in Minnesota before we came to Dallas. And so he found somebody where Bob didn't have to do it. And Bob could just, you know, do what he does and put the team together. So, uh, like I said, it, it was nice last night that that Ganey introduced Hitch into the Hall of Fame, and Bo even seemed nervous during his speech. To be honest with you, <laughs> so um, which I mean, he's done so many of those. So, um, but it was a great night. It was a great night, and it was nice uh, for a lot of us to see Hitchcock go in. Well, Maybe well, not everybody, but yeah. But, and and yeah, a wonderful quote. He says there wasn't very many cases where I had hockey clubs that didn't sacrifice for each other, and it means the world to me. So. Yeah, I agree. Really, really good speech. And I think it's kind of forgotten that his second time around, while it did not last long, I think he made John Klingberg a much better defensive defenseman. And I think he made Tyler Sagan a very good two-way player. And oh, I think that kind of gets the lost in the shuffle. That, 100%. You're yeah. 100% right. That's the big one. You saw Tyler start to learn how to play center in his own zone. And, yeah. and, I, and Tyler Sagan. But again, the credit should go to the player. You sure. have to buy into that. And 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 what happened is same thing that happened to Mo. And don't think that Hitch didn't see, you know, some of Mo in Tyler Sagan. Like you guys are both incredible players, skaters, East West, and all this other kind of stuff. Um, you know, and, and Mo talked about it in his thing is the biggest thing for him was Mike, you're gonna start killing penalties. I'm gonna start killing penalties. That means I'm gonna have to block shots. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna have? <laughs> I'm gonna have to know where things are without the puck. And that's what I had said that halfway through the first year when Hitch and Tyler, you know, were working together, like all of a sudden Tyler became a better player and it was in his own zone is, you know, cause for centermen, they're the ones typically that are going to have to play down low, play with your defenseman and, you know, just coverage and where to be and outlets and things like that. It's different than playing on the wall. And, and so anyway, Tyler became more of what we would call a 200 foot player versus a player that, you know, you just, you just notice going through the neutral zone and into the offensive zone. And I bet it was kind of emotional for you last night, sitting there watching the speech too, because this is a guy that you had a very close relationship and still have a relationship with. So, you know, I'm sure he means a lot to you as far as, you know, what he brought to you and the conversations that you had and that he trusted you as one of the voices in the room to, you know, I, I think, I think so I just pictured you last night, Craig, as far as watching and taking it all in. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I mean, again, <clears throat> I had a I had another game on, and in all honesty, I, I turned the sound back up when I saw Mo talking. I turned the sound up for Hitch, and um, I think the only other one was for Henrik. Um, so I have a thing about Mike Vernon. Um, we, we we beat Mike Vernon, uh, who's a goaltender for the Calgary Flames. We beat yeah. him in 86, I guess it was, in Calgary. And then they came into Montreal uh, and beat us in our own building uh, in the Stanley Cup final. So I'm a little pissed off at that guy. And he's, and you could tell, Bernie, he was nervous last night too. You know, and again, who wouldn't be nervous when, you know, at you talk about big moments and things like that. And so this is all big, but yeah, I was, I was glued to, that's why I was like, Hitch, that's why I said, I, you know, he was rattled a little bit, it seemed like, but again, big nights. Um, but yeah, it, you know, I, I go back and forth with Hitch enough. I mean, there, I mean, I, I, there's times when um, last year we were playing in Colorado and we had, you know, we had a couple games and things. And I just, I asked him, I said, Hey, well, actually, as a matter of fact, I called him and I said, Hey, like your our practices, I don't like our practices. Like, what what did you do the day before a game? You know, how did I? Because I didn't remember. I mean, there was always a a method to his madness, but like, what was your focus the day before we played? You know, because you know, a lot of times if you're playing a couple of nights before and it's a light day, and and so he would go through, you know, how how you prepare the day before a game, not just the day of, from a coaching standpoint, and what you try to get out of your players and what they should feel like when they leave after that practice. So just those little things. And, you know, I, I told you before, there were times when he would, you know, reach out to me about, you know, I, I got this team and how did, how did you handle me in these six meeting him? Because I, you know, I spent enough time in his office and a lot of times was just being, you know, kind of like a conduit between the, the coach and the players at times for messages that he wanted to, you know, get through to the players that, and I think he was smart enough to know that, it can it can be like a gnat flying around your head at a at a fire in the summer where you just keep on trying to swat it away and get it away and you're not it's just more annoying and I think he yeah. understood that and so he found different ways to get his messages to the team. Yeah, you know one of the other memories that I wanted to ask you about on Saturday night, one of the Canadian Cup teams, uh, 1993, uh, kind of gathered. Uh, at the Bell Center in Montreal to celebrate Dr. David Mulder, 60-year hockey career. Uh, he was a part of Bobby Orr uh, with a 15-year-old when when Orr was the, with the Oshawa Generals. And, uh, I mean, just so many years with the Montreal Canadiens. Are there any memories that come up of Dr. Mulder? Because I think that's kind of a a forgotten piece of the puzzle. You know, you have your, a lot of people think of the coach, the general manager. I'm so glad the equipment managers get their due trainers and everything. No one really talks about the team physician and you know, that's a lot of nights at the rink and they got to love hockey because they could certainly be doing other things in their practice. Yeah. With doc, the story that sticks out and I was, I just touched on it earlier about, you know, when I had broken my orbital bone, I remember going into the office, uh, into his office the next day and, you know, x-rays and all that kind of stuff. And he comes out and he goes, well, Lud, here's the deal. He goes, you got a, got a broken orbital bone 
and we've got, you know, a couple routes we can handle this thing. And I'm like, okay, well, what's the deal? And he goes, well, you can, you just make a little incision here. We take a tool in there and he goes, because it, it's kind of sunken in a little bit. And he goes, we can take a little tool in there, kind of like a spatula or whatever. And, and we pop it out. We'll just pop it out, um, you know, sew it back up and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what does that mean? He goes, well, you're probably gonna have to miss a week or something like that. And I said, well, what's the other option? He goes, just leave it. And I said, okay. I said, what, what's the, you know, what, are, what can happen? And he goes, well, if you take a, another hit in the very same spot, your, your eyeball can drop down in the socket because I, apparently that's holds your eyeball in place or something like that. And I said, okay. And I said, that's it. And he goes, well, and cosmetically, I said, what? And he goes, cosmetically. And I said to him, um, but cosmetically he goes yeah well you can see i said doc look at me yeah i said do you think i'm worried about any of that and he just kind of <laughs> laughed and he goes nope i don't i wouldn't worry about it either he goes it's really not going to help or hurt any of your appearance and then he goes you have one one other thing that i would be concerned about and he goes Are, do you have any numbness on the side of your face i said yeah as a matter of fact i do on the on that side and and he goes yeah there's a nerve that runs down you know and so anyways i i couldn't feel the right side of my my top lip and my my bottom lip and i said oh okay so what's the scoop here and he goes well normally within six months you know that that feeling will come back i said okay that's cool i said so we're not gonna do anything he goes yeah that's what i figured well i'll see you at the game tomorrow and i said okay well anyways 35 years later i still won't have feeling in my top lip, my bottom lip on the right hand side either so um <laughs> yeah not that i would have changed anything it's just you just have to learn a little I, I would be having dinner and, you know, a year or two later, you're having dinner and, you know, whoever you're having dinner with, they're like, um, you got blood coming down out of your mouth because I'd be chewing on my lip and I didn't even know it. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. So you kind of learn that kind of stuff, but yeah, Dr. Mulder, you know, I, I, again, it, it's like Cooper. I mean, it's like Dan Cooper here, you know, Dan was here yeah. and now you see him with the Cowboys all the time. Yeah. And, and it's funny. These guys are so loyal, especially to the older guys. As a matter of fact, last week, one of our players, um, had a hip flexor kind of deal and i was we're kind of and i didn't know exactly what to tell him i didn't want him to to skate or play because he's a good player and don't want him you know being out of the lineup you know longer if he continues anyway i reached out to our our head trainer from years ago dave uh, dave supernaut and i called soup up and i said hey soup is anything we should look for and he goes when are you guys playing i said we're actually at home this weekend he's okay i'll see you tomorrow morning you know and sue came over and wow. took a look at him and you know told him exactly what he needed to do and stuff like that so as much as you know we appreciate them and, and those are reasons why they remember and he'll be like, let's how's your shoulder do it you know that just that kind of stuff yeah so wow. was one of the guys <clears throat> super <laughs> super <laughs> we had a <clears throat> um we had a really good relationship and <laughs> he understood me all right. Do tell when I, when I was at the rink and when I wasn't at the rink. <laughs> and so there were times in the morning I'd come in for practice or whatever. Well, it was always for practice. And he'd say, let's, how you doing? Yeah. You know, he goes, get on the table. I said, no, no, I feel good. And he goes, no, no, no. Get on the table. So I'd sit on the table. He'd go grab a little plastic bag. And, you know, anytime you needed ice, and, you know, they got the little bags and they fill them up with ice and they put them on your foot, your elbow, your shoulder, whatever, and wrap them up. And I said, so I, I, I'm, I'm good. And I'm thinking he's going to put one on my forehead or something like that. And I, I look at him and he, and he turns around and he blows it up. He blows the plastic bag up and then he ties it. And here's this bag that looks like a little bubble. And he puts it on the top of my foot 
and um, he gets an ace bandage and he wraps it. And I look at him and he goes, just relax. So he called Hitch and he goes, Hitch, come on in. He goes, yeah, let's took a shot here last game and it's pretty bad. I'm just going to ice it today for him and he should probably take practice off. Hitch goes, okay. So that's what I mean about good trainers. <laughs> that is an awesome story. Wow. Was he your Big Apple uh, doctor? Pardon me? Was he your Big Apple doctor? The uh, bar you used to <laughs> pretty <frequent>? much, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. that's awesome! All right, so February tenth is Hartford Whalers Night in Carolina, and they will be debuting their white jerseys. They have been doing the dark colored Hartford Whalers jerseys, and they will have the whites this year. But in addition, they will wear their Cooperalls. Something that I remember as a kid, the Flyers and the Whalers uh, wearing. And basically, for those that have not seen the image, it's rather than, you know, the pads basically looking like shorts and then you have the socks that come up. These are complete pants that you wear on the ice. Fond memories of those Cooperalls, Craig. And I always wonder, like, does it bring back memories seeing those Hartford Whalers sweaters flying around the ice? As soon as, Hartford Whalers have a great jersey, number one. But when you say Hartford Whalers, all I hear in my head is the goal song. Nah, 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 yes. nah, nah, nah. It is the most annoying song <laughs> ever that we had. And they were in our division when we were in Montreal. As a matter of fact, the Adams division. Um, on our <clears throat> Stanley Cup ring from the Montreal Canadiens, it has the series, each series that you win, um, and it and we beat Hartford in Game Seven in overtime, and it was Claude Lemieux that scored that that goal, and then go on to win the cup. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was always a hard place to play. Uh, you know, there Babish, there's guys that stick out, you know, that that were there, and uh, uh, you know, Dave Tippett played there, and then you know, ultimately, you know, Kip was. You know, here and good friends and played with Tip in uh in college and stuff like that. So yeah, there there's memories there. I, I remember there was a uh we'd always stay in the mall that was uh or you have to walk through the mall to the hotel where we were, you know, all the teams did that, I believe, that was connected to the to the arena. Hartford and, Civic Center. Yeah, and there was uh you always had to go past it. I think it was called Trader Joe's or something like that. Little sports bar. You always had to walk by that to the rink and back from the game and stuff like that. So that was kind of, you know, a built-in little spot all the time. But besides that, uh, not a lot of going out and walking around the city of Hartford. So um, good fan base. Um, we had good rivalries, uh, you know, back when we were in, uh, I guess that had been called the Adams division back when, when we were playing in Montreal. Yeah. So, um, but great uniforms, great logo, great uniforms. They're, they're classics. Quality division. Let's uh, break it down. It was Montreal, Buffalo, Boston, Hartford, Quebec. Yeah, not 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 fun playing uh, in Boston. Not fun playing in Quebec City, as you can imagine. Uh, there were meatheads on all those teams. Hartford was always tough. They had, you know some big guys and tough guy, you know, the, the division yeah. was like that. So, um, you know, it, it was, a, it was a good way for, for guys like me when I was young and came into the league to kind of get thrown into that, uh, into that uh, kind of atmosphere early on um, to understand, Oh, <laughs> this is how it works. Yeah. 
So I mean, you um, guys were the Dallas yeah, Cowboys. You, know, you truly tough were. To, like I said, the O'Reillys, you know, in Boston. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, there was hospital. I mean, there were there were tough guys on every team. Buffalo was a good team. Um, the Playfair was there, another tough guy. Yeah. You know, so there was toughness on all the teams. Um, and, you know, the the you played, God, you, you'd probably have that. What did we play, eight times a year against each team yeah. or something like I that? Mean, you guys beat so each other up. And then you had to play not, in the – back well, then you'd crazy. Is that what it was, eight eight per, per team in your division, I think? And then you had to, you know, similar to what they do now, you had to get out of the division in the playoffs to move on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like it was a war. You know, it it was a it was a war getting out of there. But again, you know, it, it prepared us for you know the second round, the third round, and finals and things like that. I thought, and you know, that was back when you, you didn't really tweak the way you played. I mean, once you got to game thirty or forty, this is the way we're going to play all year. We're not going to get to playoffs and go, oh, Jesus, we got playoffs in yeah. two weeks, and so we're going to make some changes here. We're going to because we're going to play this team. I, I am glad I, to see that they are keeping that logo alive along with the Quebec Nordiques logo. I don't like it when I wear my Quebec gear and somebody says to me, you're a Colorado Avalanche fan. It's like, no, I'm celebrating the Nordiques and the history. So I got to get some Habs gear. You you kind of look like you are a little French guy, wee-wee <laughs> guy from uh, Quebec. You actually do. Come on you, now. You, you have one of those little berets that you wear? Uh, I have in the past. <laughs> Yeah, I can see. I can, but for no, some I reason, don't, I'm getting I don't this bad visual with you wearing that hat and them little round glasses of yours. And <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see that. Uh, so if I'm going to get a Craig Ludwig sweater, should I get a Montreal Canadian sweater? Should I get a North Star sweater or a Dallas Star sweater? Well, North Star's logos are cool too. Yeah, I mean that's a, that is a classic logo. I mean. Honestly, I, I don't know how you can go wrong with any of them. Um, but I, I guess from, you know, when I look back at older jerseys, you, know, you could always get the Dallas uterus jersey. I, I don't think we were here to wear them. Oh. I don't know if we wore them or not, or when they came around. I don't know if we were around. But but anyway, um, I just think the Montreal and the North Star jerseys are, you know, again, but but again, yeah, not classic. because it's old school. Right, right. right I mean, yeah. you know, there's yeah. some cool jerseys out there now, too. Don't Don't get me wrong. So. Um, but I, you know, when you, you go back to when you first broke into the league, um, you know, I, I, I would even the Hartford Jersey school. And I would, I would say the dark Jersey, if it was Hartford, not the light one, I guess I, I'm kind of fonder of, of the dark Jersey. Like if it was a Minnesota Jersey, it'd be the yeah. dark one with the, the yellow N on it. Well, and I looked at the numbers, so I didn't see the matchup. So I think it's going to work out. But one of the things that did frustrate Sean and I in the past is, is that, you know, change your number for the night. Don't wear someone's retired number that, you know, if you're going to wear those Hartford Whaler sweaters, you know, don't to me, they're in the rafters for a reason, respect them. Just change your number for the night. If you can. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You know, I don't know how many people actually would pick that out, Yeah, um, but yeah, I could see, I could see why would they even, why would they even make that, you know, yeah. Jersey just respect the guys that are up there. Yeah, absolutely.